Hello, and welcome to the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast. Each episode, we tackle community issues, tell stories that matter, and show how you can make a difference. Presented by the Gwinnett Coalition and the Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, Giving Back to Gwinnett showcases the nonprofits and people making an impact in Gwinnett. I'm Heather Loveridge, founder of Magnolia Media Group and chief storyteller for the Community Foundation, and I'm your host. Today, with the start of school quickly approaching, we're talking about key educational issues facing our school-aged children and our community in the aftermath of the COVID shutdown. I am joined today by Scott Mosley, Vice President at Corners Academy, Jason DeFranco, Director of Development and Community Relationships at Gwinnett County Public Library, and Kim Holland, Director of Early Learning and School Readiness at Gwinnett County Public Schools. So welcome everyone, thanks for being with us today. Hi Heather. Hey. Glad to be here. I know. Thanks for having us. You're so welcome, it's roomful. It's gonna be a good conversation. So I'm just gonna go around the room and have you guys briefly introduce yourselves for our listeners. So starting with Scott, tell us about Corners Academy and your role there. Yeah, absolutely. So glad to be here. Uh, So Corners Outreach is a nonprofit that was founded about 10 years ago. Uh, that was really out of a need for tutoring across the community, specifically within the uh, Latinx community. And so we started in one little mobile home park, uh, a group of volunteers, and then our founder uh, discovered in retirement that he wanted to give back, and he found that he had great relationships within the Latin community. And so Corners Outreach was founded initially to begin uh, tutoring students uh, K through five. We expanded then sixth through 12th grade. And then uh, a few years in, uh, we realized that if we're going to impact uh, children's lives, then we have to have a relationship with the parents as well. You know, what happens at home is far more important than what happens at Corners Outreach. Right. And so we really developed kind of a, a whole family uh, approach and started to discover that we could help uh, the parents in the process. And so as a part of that, we began a business because we realized if we could put these parents to work and help them earn a livable wage, that would help the entire family. And so we not only tutor hundreds of students now every year, we also have a landscaping business that was started about three years ago. Last year, we paid a million dollars in wage checks into the pockets of uh, working poor families across our community to give back in the most tangible way. And we continue that work now, tutoring, uh, also industry, and we're starting to bring that together to help kids begin to think about a vocational future. So kind of a little bit of the background of Corners Outreach. Awesome. I I love that. Um, tossing it over to you, Jason. So people may think they know um, what the library is, but just give us your viewpoint. Yeah, so uh, I, Gwinnett County Public Library, obviously we're more than just a building with books. Uh, we try to make it where we keep to our center of core literacy for children's literacy and adult literacy, but we try to make it more of all core. So we offer tutoring, we offer uh, sessions for business development, business plan, entrepreneurship classes. So we try to cover everything from the early ages all the way up to retirement, helping with retirement planning, wills, all of that fun stuff. So with my job, I basically am in charge of the partnerships of what we do as a library, but also fundraising for all of the programs we do. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. And Kim, tell us about you and your role with Gwinnett County Public Schools. Yeah, so I'm the Director of Early Learning and School Readiness, and my charge is really around getting kids ready for kindergarten. So we know a lot of kids, uh, over half of our kids come into kindergarten not prepared. And so we have a program um, through my office in 42 of our elementary schools called Play to Learn, and that's a multi-generational approach. So parents bring their children birth to age five, 
and they uh, for 90 minutes a week they spend time with a certified teacher who's modeling for them how to be their child's first and best teacher and so we were really trying to work with you know in empowering parents and giving them the tools that they need to be their child's first best teacher and have their kids ready um, for school I'm also responsible for you know reaching out in the community and partnerships in the community we have great partners in the room actually so um, partnerships with the library and with corners around this uh, issue of school readiness all right awesome well thank you guys for giving us the the overview so let's talk about what you're all seeing in the wake of the pandemic as far as it comes to uh, kids and their education and we'll just make this a an, an open forum um, kind of speak to to speak um, for all of you guys uh, but I'll let Jason, I'm sh- actually I'm going to toss her to you and let you start, and then uh, Kim and Scott, you guys can chime in as well. Yeah. So with the, uh, with the pandemic, COVID has really shown us how connected the library is to the community. Uh, we're much more than just, like I said, more than just books. We offer many services we discovered and used by residents for the first time. Uh, some examples of those are, like I mentioned, tutor.com. Um, we adjusted all of our our programs online during the pandemic. So our staff really, they took the challenge and, and made it work. Uh, we offer anything. And, and what we try to do is with the pandemic, we, we found there was a need more than just the literacy. So we partnered up with, with Gwinnett County and when we offered food distributions. We're offering free lunches now till the end of July to at, at all of our branches. Um, we we did technology recycling where we collected laptops, reissued them to students that needed them when Gwinnett County ran out. We offer Vision to Learn. We partnered with Vision to Learn and offered glasses, free eye exams, and offered free glasses to youth that normally wouldn't be able to affect it. So. What we've been concentrating on is it opened our eyes to more than just the literacy, and it opened our eyes to, like Kim said, partnering up with community leaders Mm -hmm. and working for the best of the community, because obviously Buford is completely different than Lilburn. So we try to customize what the needs are based off that community of that branches in. That's awesome. And before we go to everybody else, is there... Have you been able to go out into the community too? Because there's not as many, you know, yeah. it's hard for some people to get transportation issues and all that. So speak to that. Yeah, so uh, we've been very fortunate. Like you said, a lot of issues, a lot of people have issues with transportation. So we actually have a bookmobile and we go to local parks and take that throughout the community and do story times in the park. Uh, we actually just purchased a mobile kitchen. So we have different classes where people can learn how to sew, people can learn we have the technology for podcasts for photo photography all of this we just purchased a mobile kitchen and the reason being is initially it was going to be in one of our branches but that would be good just for that community so we purchased the mobile kitchen where we could take it throughout all of our branches take it to the parks take it to the different cities for when they have fairs and swanee days and different things along those lines basically so there's not an excuse for an individual to be able to take advantage of the opportunities we offer oh that's awesome so and is the mobile kitchen is that providing food or like teaching people how to cook yeah the yeah so the mobile kitchen is actually going to offer we offer classes for ages six and above so it offers the um it offers we teach them how to cook we teach the proper way to cutting skills 
um, how to use appliances in the kitchen, and then it goes all the way up to how to cook a meal. So we start, it's age restricted, so we have specific protocols and, and we take it throughout. So. Awesome. It's really interesting, and we take it throughout the entire community. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Great. we take it to you, and we provide the food and everything. And just like all of our other programs, it's free of charge for any of them. Wow, that's really cool. So, uh, Kim, I'm gonna toss it over to you. And what have you seen coming out of the of the the crisis part of the pandemic? I mean, we're still dealing with that, but right. I mean, we. Um, I think one of the things that that you know, touches my heart is that there are a lot of kids out there who haven't experienced the world yet. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if somebody was born during the pandemic, you've got toddler, you know, infants and toddlers that haven't been out mm -hmm. and haven't socialized and haven't been able to even meet, you know, just now meeting extended family or even grandparents. And so there's going to be a, a social impact, you know, to those children. We also know that a lot of our early care centers, high quality programs were shut down during the pandemic. And so parents were responsible for their child's education and didn't necessarily have the tools they needed to be that toddler teacher or preschool teacher. And so we really focused in on, you know, supporting the community and our, our play to learn program went digital. We provided hotspots and um, devices to our families so they could still engage you know, opened it up to a lot more families to come and, and be a part of Play to Learn just on the digital because normally it's in person and we know that kids learn best, especially at that age, um, in person. So we really are trying to help families know, you know, how to engage with their kids and what's important um, that they teach them before they come to school. We also know there are kindergartners out there who haven't set foot in the school building. So first grade will be the first time they're, you know, in a school building with a class full of kids. and. And so we're really, you know, we don't know yet um, what that's gonna look like. Mm -hmm. So we are doing the kindergarten readiness profile again this year on all students. So we'll have an idea of how kids are coming at least to kindergarten um, later on in the fall, so. All right, Scott, what yeah. have you guys experienced? Well, I'll just start with a story. So in my early 20s, I had the opportunity to uh, spend time with one of my life heroes. And any time that I get a chance to spend time around someone I wanna learn from, I have a little list of questions that I go through and so we were sitting at dinner one night and this is a leader that literally in his lifetime influenced millions of people across the world and I looked down that night and I said is there anything that you uh, any wisdom uh, any life mission statement so to speak that you've lived your life by that would be helpful for a young leader and he looked at me that night and he said Scott I've always chosen to see the best in everyone and very rarely have I been disappointed and for now 20 years, I've tried to live that out. I wish I'd say I always lived that way, but uh, I've had my moments, right? We uh, are human. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the reason I share that story is because we, in the past year, year and a half, we have experienced so much tragedy and trauma and divisiveness. And it's easy if you just listen to the airwaves, right, to think that everything is negative and that, you know, it just, we're, we're falling apart. Uh, but if you take it off the airwaves and you bring it into the community, things actually look really different. And I have been so encouraged. In fact, I've never been more encouraged uh, with what's happening across our community. You know, we're sitting here with you, Heather, and Kim, and Jason, and we've all had a chance to work together over the last year and a half. And we have seen our community come together around these big issues in very, very yes. unique ways. Yep. And not just people that are the same, 
people that think very differently, right? Whether it's from different cultures, whether it's from different political bents, we all have been in rooms together where we've seen the best of our community. And so I think that's what, we, what I want to talk about today. The best of our community is, is that we're facing these challenges together. And then our unique organizations are also playing our role. So at Corners, you know, we work with a very vulnerable population, uh, over 600 families in the Latin community uh, that have a very different experience here in America. And the challenges we're dealing with, especially during the pandemic, existed far before the pandemic. The pandemic just highlighted them in brand new ways. And so some of the things that we saw, we saw uh, the continued conversation with families to keep their kids in school or to keep mm -hmm. their kids engaged in education. Mm -hmm. When you come from a country, many of our families and parents, uh, where the average education was through sixth grade, they just don't understand why education is such a big deal here in America. And so to say to them, no, keep your kids in it, hang in there, it's so important for their future. And then to figure out for us early on the technology challenges, mm -hmm. the gaps in technology. For my kids staying home, we had plenty of technology for them. Right. We had some families that were trying to, three and four kids trying to use cell phones, mm -hmm. right, to do their education. And so early on, we had to do a lot of work in figuring out what needs were out there. And then we got to partner with great partners like the school system to get the, the right resources to the right kids. And then just to hang with them. Mm -hmm. We had to adapt a lot of our programs. We were doing with our teens some social and emotional type things. We continued to do that. But we realized very quickly that they needed homework help. And so we had to adapt our program. We said, okay, we're going to set aside some time every week for them to, to have some help with their homework and help them keep pace with where they need to be. And that work continues. But I think that's some of the gaps that we saw during the past year. Uh, but it has been incredible for us to work together with the entire community. Wow, and that's one thing I have loved too that's been encouraging. What you were talking about the partnerships and just how everybody, again, kind of no matter where they were, but they were like, we need to come together and figure out how to help. And that has been super encouraging. Um, so thank you for sharing what you guys have seen. Kind of building off of that, um, I'm going to go back to you, Kim, and talk about Building Babies Brains, which is an initiative that started like many things before the pandemic um, and has kind of come to fruition during it. So just talk a little bit about that and, and what it is and what's happening now. Yeah, so just like uh, Scott said, some great things actually came out of the pandemic, which is great partnerships, you know, that have really strengthened over that time. One of the things that we've said is that early learning school readiness has been an issue that needed attention long before the pandemic and will be long after. Mm -hmm. And so we um, formed a community collective called Gwinnett Building Babies Brains and over 50 organizations and people have been involved, several in this very room, like everyone in this very room. Um, and so came together around this issue that our kids just aren't coming to school ready and parents don't have the tools they need to be ready. And so we have focused our effort on really three areas. So awareness that learning does begin at birth. You know, neural connections are being made at over a million a second when a baby is born. And that learning is so critical at those early, early stages, talking with babies and, you know, engaging in stories and just exposing them to life, which is what we talked about earlier that's been a challenge during the pandemic. We also are making sure we have those high quality programs and resources. And so partnering with the library system, with Corners, with lots of other organizations to make sure that everyone has access to those high quality um, programs and resources. We have some great things going right now. 
both with corners around some ambassadors and also with the library around um, a grant uh, providing some bilingual materials and translation services and some teacher training and so that's been really exciting and finally just the collective approaches so all coming together around this issue um, and we have just moved ahead during the pandemic it's been amazing how many people have stood up and said yes we are going to fight this fight and we're going to do it right um, and one thing I will say too if I can take a point of privilege just for a second to advertise um, so we have a new member of our building babies uh, brain team and we just had a mascot born and so this brain was just born and doesn't have a name and so we are having a naming contest and so if you go to buildingbabiesbrain.com, you can find the Name the Brain contest um, and help us name. We're going to be at um, the Stripers game on Sunday, hanging out with Chopper. And so that's another place that you'll be able to see our newest member, our new mascot, that's going to help with the awareness um, campaign around Building Babies Brains. So it's been an amazing organization. I just helped facilitate it. We have lots of great partners that are doing the work um, and on the ground and, and helping out. We're gonna be at the Kids Expo um, on the 31st and we've partnered, the library will be there, community services. We're gonna have an early learning corner sponsored by Building Babies Brains to try to help parents um, get the tools they need to be their child's first and best teacher. Hmm. That's awesome. I'm curious to see what, what names you get out of all this. <laughs> We've had some really cool ones. We're really excited. It's going to be fun. Oh, that's awesome. So that's just one of the key resources that's come out of many collaborative efforts. So talk to us about um, some of the other programs, resources that GCPS has offered you know, throughout this summer and then probably into the fall to help students either catch up or continue to succeed. So what else is there? Right, so we embarked on a new journey this summer. We had a summer um, enrichment and acceleration program. So it was a three week long program for children rising K through rising eighth grade, and it was school. And so we feel like acceleration is really the best way for kids. So introducing them to the content of their grade level, but also filling those gaps along the way. So we had a rising kindergarten academy where we had 3,000 students come for wow. three weeks um, and just bridging the gap between what they should have learned in pre-K and what they will learn in kindergarten. And that was really exciting. We have about 12,000 kids total in kindergarten, so that was a large percentage. Ooh. And those kids got such a great experience of learning not only content but also socialization and school skills. Mm. They rode the bus, they went through the cafeteria, and so they're gonna be leaders you know, when we come back in the fall with the full cohort, but there were over 30,000 kids total wow. that um, were in the C program. And so 2,400 teachers gave up part of their summer, you know, to help get these kids ready. And so we're really, really thrilled that we were able um, to offer that program to our community. And then moving into the fall, we know that kids are gonna have learning gaps. We know um, that that's gonna exist. And so we're looking at a multi-year acceleration program where we have interventions when they're needed mm. and at the level that's needed. So maybe it's intermittent, you know, or maybe it's really intensive. And so we're looking at partnerships, you know, with organizations around um, tutoring, before and after school programs, all kinds of things within the school building, training teachers on new, um, new things that are gonna be needed in the classroom. 
we have learned that you know technology is an amazing tool and so we can use it as we engage with our kids back in the school building we're excited to say we have 98 percent of our kids coming in person which is really oh, great, great. Um, so they can teachers can make those relationships and, and really make a difference but we know it's going to be you know a multi-year kind of process i heard um, a great quote the other day at our leadership meeting around how this you know covid was the storm so thinking about it in like a hurricane you know when the storm comes through but then you've got the whole recovery piece after and so that's where we are now hopefully you know we're in that recovery phase and and helping meet kids where they are and and making sure that they thrive as they move through school Mm -hmm. that's great um tossing it over to scott so give us some stories some real life examples um because that really helps pull it down and people can go oh wow you know i i that touched me yeah yeah absolutely so you know as we're coming hopefully as kim said out of the pandemic and maybe being able to have different conversations prayerfully um one of the things that's become very evident for us as we've been working with our families is we have never when we talk about our educational side and our tutoring our goal has never been to try to replace or even compete with our school system we have one of the best school systems in the country our job is always to figure out how do we help enhance how do we come alongside and so uh, we see ourselves as continuing to do what we've always done in education but what the pandemic has shown to us is even more so because of our work in vocation and really our expertise in starting businesses, putting people to work, right? Mm-hmm. We've realized that when the pandemic in the early days happened, uh, some of the first jobs that shut down were jobs that are most vulnerable in the community had, right? Think about serving tables, right? Or maybe doing some construction, things where you're around a lot of people. And so we saw this crisis for our families financially. And for some of us, we're blessed that we can navigate a crisis for a few weeks or maybe even for a few months. Mm -hmm. For some of our families, they didn't even have the resources to navigate for a couple of days, which left terrible decisions for them. And so it it not only did it reemphasize, but it actually caused our commitment to grow on this vocational side of things to say, okay, how do we make sure that our families have opportunities, not just for today, but for the future, for the next generation, right? Because our kids don't just need a job they need a future. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give you one example, a great story. One of our teenagers, and we have a teen program, got about 120 teens right now between a work at Shiloh and the Norcross uh, District Meadow Creek uh, school system. Uh, and one of our kids, I won't name his name, but uh, he had a vision to go to college, and he said, I want to go to college and study architecture. So our teen director said, well, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. Why do you want to study architecture? And he said, well, I want to build things. So our teen director said, well, do you know what an architect does? And he goes, well, not really. He says, well, an architect actually doesn't build things, right? An architect sits in an office usually and designs things that other people build. Now, some of my construction buddies said, we wish the architect would visit the site more, right? (laughs) Right. The actual, um, not a knock on architects. But so he said, well, no, I don't really want to do that. I want to build, right? I want to be on site. So we started down a different pathway. Fast forward, he graduates this past May, and college didn't work out for him. And so he was working a little job in the community, and another job opportunity opened up that was going to pay about $3 more an hour. So he quit his job. He went to apply for this job that was going to pay him a little bit more money, and he didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And so right now, presently, he's sitting at home. He's discouraged. He doesn't know where he's going to go for the future, right? His family wants to help, but they don't really know how to help because they don't know how to navigate our culture. And so we've gone to him, and this is a bright kid, Mm -hmm. right? He has so much to offer. And these kids don't know, right, that they think that they don't have much to offer. They don't realize that to be young, 
to mm-hmm. be diverse, to be bilingual. Mm-hmm. Like they have a lot to offer deal. the community. And so here's what we're doing right now. We've had conversations with three of our community partners, business partners, and we said, will you put together not just a job idea for him, but will you put together what his future could look like if he were to go work for your company in the next three to five years? So three companies have said, we'd love to have him, we'd love to, and so we're setting up meetings right now for him to sit down with these companies and for them to cast vision for him about Mm -hmm. how he could build a future within their company if it's something that he decides to do. Well, that's just one student of hundreds, maybe thousands of kids that need to know, hey, if college isn't a track for you, right? Vocation, um, uh, the trades, Mm -hmm. can't find enough workers, Right. right? You could walk out of high school if you're a part of the Maxwell program, right, at, the, at, at GCPS, yeah. uh, or if you got into some uh, a GED track and started working on some certifications, you could walk out of high school and get a job in the next year and paying you more than you might get going to college for four years and then coming out, right? right? And so that's one example. We're very dedicated to figuring out how do we help these kids build a future and think about where they're going to go with vocation. And so, mm. Wow. Man, I, I love that because that's hope for the kid too. And like you said, a lot of times, because we have a lot of college students in our lives and ones who just graduated from high school and they just think, oh, well, if I don't fit in this box, then there's nothing else for me. Yeah. And so for, to help them think creatively and outside of that is awesome. Um, so talking about, you know, thinking outside the box, Jason, the library is such a collaborative partner. So talk about some of those key partnerships when it comes to education. Yeah, so uh, like Kim said, we, we partner up with Building Babies Brains and um, the school district. We're trying to do whatever we can um, to, like we said, ter- not only youth literacy, but also adult literacy. We try and do whatever the community needs. Um, so back with Building Babies Brains in our summer reading program, currently we have 7,500 kids that are still active. And they've been active in the program since the beginning, uh, about six weeks now. Um, We have lost a couple throughout, you know, throughout time. But, I mean, with the summer reading program this year, what we end up doing is every single tier that they hit, they get a free book. These Mm -hmm. are centered around individuals that might not be able to go out and purchase their books on their own. So we actually have set up a a plan where after every tier, they get a free book Mm -hmm. with everyone. Again, with the school district, we partner up. We're going to be able to provide the technology. We want to, as a library, like like Scott said, we don't want to compete with any nonprofit. Mm-hmm. We want to be a resource. So whether it be for tutoring, for bilingual individuals, for not knowing what you want to do and you're looking for a job, come to the library, use our resources. We have staff there to help you whether it be um, to go over specific writing a resume, to go over how to apply for a job. Whatever your needs are, whatever the community is, we want to be the resource to help guide you to the direct, to whether it be to Building Babies Brains, Cornerstone, whatever nonprofit or area in the community, we want to make sure that we're leading you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and then, Kim and Jason talking about stories because I mean y'all know that I love stories um, and I'm pretty sure all you guys love stories too so any any ones that y'all can share with our audience about um, that helps them understand either what students have gone through or some success stories coming out of the past year 
Yeah, I mean, I would say that one huge success story I've already mentioned was the summer program that we did. I know that there were a lot of teachers um, for rising kindergarten that were apprehensive about you know, a month of development of a child that young is pretty big. And so to take kids early to kindergarten, you know, there was some apprehension about that, but there was nothing but, you know, success that came out of that program. I went and observed at as many schools as I could get to, and the teachers were amazing and rose to the occasion and really got these kids in a good place. And the kids were having fun and look like they love school and that's what we want you know is kids to be excited about being back in school and so that part has was super encouraging to see all of that and just to know that you know parents are are willing to trust sending their kids to us to school this year um, back in person everyone you know is excited about the year starting and like I said before, the Building Babies Brains um, initiative has just taken off and the partnerships that we have been able to really solidify during the pandemic has been um, a success story for sure. And with the library, I mean, again, it goes to the partnership with Gwinnett, Gwinnett Public Schools, but one success story that stands out for us is when, we, when the pandemic hit, we purchased the tutor.com. That was a huge thing. We weren't sure what the, you know, how to get it out to the public and promote it and how much use would get out of it. I think we ended the school year with over 50,000 tutor sessions. Wow. So it just showed the importance that, yes, you hear stories about the remote learning. Some kids didn't get everything that they wanted out of school. But then there are also those other students that knew they weren't getting what they wanted. So they took it upon themselves hmm. to take the ownership and go and, and use, utilize resources that they had available. And, and like Kim said, I mean, every student that comes in the library currently when we talk about their upcoming school year, they're all excited about being back in person face-to-face -face mm -hmm. and how much they miss their teachers. And, and it's just it's just overwhelming to see how much that was missed and that they enjoyed that social aspect of it. And yeah. if I can, Jason, just one thing I wanna brag on you guys about a little bit too. Um, so I was meeting with one of your, your other colleagues and we were talking about story time and how you shifted from in-person story time at the branches to an online story time, and you have some amazing storytellers. Um, it isn't just reading books, you know, it's animated storytellers. And one of the things that we were talking about is that the attendance was actually higher digitally because then people without transportation and those types of things, and so they were able to attend story time at the library digitally, and some of that was due to because we promoted a lot during play to learn so we gave devices and hotspots to be able to access the internet you know so it's all of these cool stories that come together um, and these these pieces where they were doing the story time we might be providing the technology um, and some advertising or what you know what have you but it was just such a cool story you know just we had that conversation i don't know two days ago so i wanted to shout out that no, that's great. I, like she said, I mean, our staff, yeah, they shifted greatly. But honestly, to piggyback off even what Scott said, I think the greatest thing that the pandemic, yes, it was a horrible situation, but it got individuals to work together that you wouldn't have thought to work together. Mm -hmm. And I think just throughout the community, it was a, it was a win because yeah. it showed the strengths and helped other people show their weakness and strength and work together to, to get what the community needs are. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, I think sometimes when we think about the challenges that we face, it seems so complex, right? And probably people listening right now to this podcast that want to help and just aren't sure how to help. Uh, and, and I'll give one great story from our Shiloh work. Uh, we partner with Impact Church uh, in Shiloh High School, and one of our team members has a, a, a K through five, but then a teen program. And one of our students who was a senior at Shiloh High School, an honors student, uh, came to our team director and just said, I'd, I'd love to figure out how I can help. And so we experimented with something, right? Now, she's a senior in high school, very gifted, right? But she's not a teacher. She doesn't have degrees. She doesn't have official tutoring program. He simply said, can I give you eight students that are in our program that are struggling right now with their homework? And, and, and I, think, I think all of them, or at least most of them, at least had one failing grade. And could you simply just offer them a little bit of support, right? After school, at the center. Right. So it was fascinating to watch because here's just a senior that's gifted and doing really well that came alongside and we tracked every one of those students just through her being there, not an educational right expert, but just being there to help guide them and offer some advice, not do the work for them, right, but help mm -hmm. them do the work themselves. Every one of them improved, uh, every one of them out of failing and some of them improved two grade levels wow. just by someone being there mm -hmm. that was a little bit ahead of them mm -hmm. to help. And I think there's a lot of those opportunities across our community for mm -hmm. people to engage. It doesn't take really a lot of sophistication often. Sometimes it just takes someone willing to jump in and help. That's a step or two, mm -hmm. you know, beyond. Yes. And it can make a huge difference in the lives of our students and families. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's the power, there's power in community and in individual people, you know, even if it's a younger person mentoring, say like an older person who's, technology, who's technologically challenged and just needs some help or, you know, age doesn't matter. You can always help. Um, so building off of that as we, as we wrap up, so what can our listeners be doing to help our students succeed um, and how can they get involved with each one of your organizations? Um, and Kim, I'm going to, you can start, lead us off. Sure. Um, you know, we always talk about parent engagement, parents just being involved, just understanding what the education is that their child should be receiving and be a part of it you know reach out to the school be able to you know communicate with the teacher and for early learning you know buildingbabiesbrains.com will give them a lot of tools to put in their toolbox to you know work with their children at home and just to know that learning does begin at birth i, I know we keep saying that but it is so important to realize that if you're around an infant or a toddler all you have to do is talk and engage and people say what's the most important thing I can do with my infant and it's like just talk to them narrate your day even if you're on your phone looking at your Facebook page tell your baby what's on your Facebook page if appropriate of course <laughs> but you know just share that information with those babies and you know that's one of the critical pieces and right now in particular there aren't as many adults in children's lives and so just engaging as much as you can and you know the the computer world and the technology world 2d will never replace 3d um, right. and so that's a really critical piece for all ages you know to think about and if anybody wants to get um, involved with building babies brains they can just email info at buildingbabiesbrains.com and um, let us know how you want to help volunteer or any other help that you might want to give and we are happy to engage you in the work love it 
Yeah, so with Gwinnett County Public Library, if they want to get involved, we're also we're always looking for volunteers, uh, whether it be in the branch, tutoring, whatever it is, um, they can always come and uh, be mentors to students, uh, whether it be the Career Online High School or younger students, they can go to our website, GwinnettPL.org, um, and sign up there, or they can contact any one of our branches, and we're more like, we'll be happy to direct them however they wherever they want to go love it thanks Jason Scott yeah so uh, corners outreach a lot of opportunities for people to plug in and volunteer and some of the programming we do right now as we build our fall plan uh, we have a need for retired teachers or people that have teaching experience that just love it but may have uh, you know kind of opted out at some point or retired to come plug in a couple times a week and, and do some things there we also have opportunity with our teens you know one thing I would say in regards to the business corporate side of what we do I remember years ago, I was a pastor at 12 Stone Church, and I sat down over breakfast with a really great leader from the community, very gifted, had, had, had just excelled in the marketplace. And we sat down, and he said, Scott, he says, I, I really, I'm excited. I want, to jump, I want to jump in and serve. And I said, well, let me ask a few more questions. You know, what's your passion? What's your gifts? What's your experience? And we talked a few more minutes, and he said, Scott, listen, you don't understand. Like, I want to volunteer. Tell me a place. And so I slow played it again. We kept having conversations. And finally, it was a point of frustration. He goes, just tell me where you need me, right? So then I, I was setting him up, but I said, well, you know, John, um, we, we actually have a need in the nursery to hold babies, whatever. He goes, well, you know, I mean, Scott, that's not really what I was, and I kind of laughed. And I said, you know, my, my point is, John, is that it's not just about a place to serve. It's mm -hmm. what's the right place for you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people across the community. If you have extra time, if you have extra resources, you know, it might be easy to figure out, oh, I can volunteer any time of the day, right? Or I can write a check to help that. Great. But if you're someone that has gifts and passions and experiences, right, and you're excelling in the work that you're doing, you may say, well, I don't have a lot of time, and I'm not sure where to plug in. One of the things we love at Corners is to figure out what's the right place for you. I'll give you one quick example. Yesterday, there's a local company that's expanding and growing. They're in England. They're here in Duluth. We met with their CEO and their COO. We started talking with them, and they're, they're trying to hire literally hundreds of employees right now. And when we said, hey, we have some young people that are bilingual, right, and they come from Latin families, they said, okay, how many of them can we get? So we toured them through our facility yesterday, and at the end of it, they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we want to open up our building or our business for you to bring a few of these high school graduates in. We want to show them not only our, our company, but we want to put some of our employees in front of them that have experiences and backgrounds that are like them so they can see a vision for their future with someone who they can relate to, right? Mm -hmm. And so they figured out how what they do could connect to our work, and that happened to be vocation and business. But I would just say if anyone's out there wrestling, right, like what do I do? I want to find a place. We love to have those conversations at Corners. And frankly, if it doesn't fit for us, we'll say, hey, you know what? Building babies' brains, they got some great things. The library has some great stuff. There's a lot mm -hmm. of places. But there is a place for everyone to get engaged. And I would just challenge people, go do it. Find a place, right? Get connected to your community. Yes. There's really no excuse. So whether you have a lot of time or a little bit of time, like you said, or whatever, there's a place to help. Well, thank you so much, Scott, Jason, and Kim. I really appreciate the conversation today around education. And I'm sure our audience will find it helpful, too. Um, so, and thanks so much to everyone out there listening for joining us today for the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Gwinnett Coalition or the Community Foundation, please visit them at GwinnettCoalition.org or CFNEG.org. I'm your host, Heather Loveridge. Thanks again for joining us. And now, go make a difference in your community.